Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. It's my podcast. Welcome to it. Nice to have you. Today on the show, the beautifully sensitive and filthy Robert Kelly. Robert Kelly is here. At, I fucking love Robert Kelly. He's, uh, he's on uh, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. The season finale uh, actually airs this Thursday, September 1st on FX. Um, and uh, he's a great guy, so look forward to that. That's happening. Also, something interesting happens. Now, look, I get a lot of records. I get a lot of people uh, sampling me. I get people asking if they can use pieces of the podcast for things, and usually I'm, it's cool. It's cool with me. Do a little appropriation. Move it out into the world. If it fits your thing, do it, but this has never happened. There's a band in Asheville, North Carolina, I believe is where they're from, the Get It Right Band, and they actually wrote a song well, I actually wrote it, in a way. I co-wrote a song. They wrote a song using bits and pieces of my uh, monologues and things. Uh, they sang it and everything. I didn't sing on it or anything, but it's all my words uh, put together by the band, the Get It Right band, and they recorded it, and the song is called However Broken It Is, and we're going to play it at the end of the show uh, instead of me, you know, me playing guitar. All right? So that's going to happen. couple of... Uh, things some business here personal business you have until this thursday september 1st to get my special more later for 7.99 it's available exclusively at wtfpod.com as a digital download and then it will be on itunes in september for a little more dough go to wtfpod.com there's a link right on the homepage under today's episode as well as in the merch section also I believe Carnegie Hall will sell out. My November 4th date in New York at Carnegie Hall, uh, the tickets are are going uh, well. And I'm hearing from people that uh, that they're, it's, it's going to sell out. And it's a couple months away, so I would get tickets for that if you'd like to see, if you'd like to witness that. My, it might be the end of everything for me. The Carnegie Hall thing, don't know how I can follow it. So whether it goes well or okay or great or horrendous, Whatever spectacle happens, uh, it might be it, but I doubt it. I, I doubt. I doubt it. I, you know, I'm I'm just being dramatic, and I'm trying to frame it in a way that uh, elevates its importance even more, so I can I can really be hard on myself uh, as I go towards that. I'm going to be running that set the 9th and the 10th of September. 
I'm going to be in Rochester, New York at the Comedy Club. I'm doing four shows there. I believe my father's going to be at one of them because he's out in his car with his wife driving around the country. Uh, that's what they enjoy doing. But uh, I don't know how those tickets are selling, but if you're in the Rochester area, come down. I'm, I'm working it. I'm doing the thing. All right? So so that those are the immediate ones on the horizon. What else? Oh, yes. I remember. Um my girlfriend, my significant other, my partner, however you want to say it, Sarah Kane, the painter, she's got a big show of her new work in New York City. If you live in New York City and you like the art, you like the painting, this is a big, this is a big deal, man. She did some bold shit. The show is called uh, Dark Matter. Uh, it has nothing to do with me. It's uh, September 8th at Gallery Lalong. That's G-A-L-E-R-I-E, uh, Gallery Lalong, L-E-L-O-N-G-E. September 8th. Dudes uh, and ladies and dudes, women, men, in between, whatever you are, this show's going to be spectacular. She painted the floor, man. She painted the fucking floor. I don't, you know, it's a whole other world, but I, I, I know she was working on it. She, the big, giant linoleum pieces that she put together, that she painted in her studio and then shipped. So the entire floor of the Gallery Lalong on September 8th is going to be a painting. And then there's going to be paintings on the wall. It's going to be, it's going to be fucking wild man so if you're in new york september 8th gallery lalong dark matter paintings by sarah kane my uh my um yeah i'm with her you know what i'm saying huh you know what i'm saying what else what else can i tell you about right now i don't do this often but i'm going to do it now i'm going to read a few emails or a few parts of emails because uh everybody seemed to love the uh the Gottfried. The Godfrey Shorty, as I call it. You know, Godfrey came in here to plug his uh, Showtime special. But uh, people like me and Godfrey. This is from uh, Robert, uh, subject line, more Godfrey. Dear Mark Maron, I'm a big fan of, uh, of your podcast, and I've listened to nearly all of them. I loved listening to the Godfrey episode and enjoyed his return. I dare to say that it is my favorite episode. I think the kernel of a new podcast or television show are there. So if you ever do make Mark effortlessly shits on Godfrey's career and dreams... I guess that'd be the name of the show. Uh, let me know. The subtle insulting barbs from you and his reactions had me rolling for all the time he has spent on your show. So thanks, Rob. And thank you, Rob, for that email. Uh, yes, yes, me and Godfrey have a thing that we do. There, there is no doubt about that. And it is always funny. And then here's an interesting thing because another approach to the Godfrey interview from uh, Ty uh, subject line Godfrey interview. I'm just going to read this section. The reason I write today is because I just listened to your interview with Godfrey. It was the funniest interview and riffing I've heard on your show yet. It made me think about the racial tension in our country right now and within the city and state that I live in, Atlanta, Georgia. It was extremely refreshing to hear two men of different races identified, relate, and joke with each other in such a comfortable, candid, and jovial way. It is my personal opinion that you should strongly consider Godfrey's suggestion of having him on the show regularly to promote and cultivate a message of hope when it comes to the relationships that occur between people of all walks of life during this time of tension and uncertainty as to the future of our country it would be a welcomed breath of fresh air thanks for your hard work and dedication to preserve a message of honesty and hope uh that's from ty so okay i guess it's on me and godfrey 
I guess it's on our shoulders. We're going to have to figure out, you know, how to to save the country just by me busting his balls. Who who knew that it had that possibility? Of course it does. Of course, Godfrey and I can can almost single-handedly change the course of this nation. I like the idea of that. I'm also getting a lot of emails uh, from uh, from conservatives. And I, I know your your first thought is like, oh shit, yeah, they're gonna they're fucking they're they're dogging you. They're not. They're not. A lot of them appreciated my relative empathy on my uh, sort of a poetic interpretation of why people vote for Trump. That's a uh, that's before the Roseanne Barr interview. And I've had several of these emails from conservatives basically saying, look, we're disappointed. Uh, you know, you and I think differently, but you know, I'm a conservative. You're you're a, a liberal, or whatever the, the the differences are. But they they want to make it clear that they are not on board with this disaster. And this guy wrote a very thoughtful, long email about religion, about uh, this and that. This fellow named Brandon. But this paragraph, uh, I thought I would share with you. I wrote this email to let you know not all conservatives support this idiot and I won't allow myself to vote for him. Although I also see Hillary as a bad choice, I don't see how I can't vote for her based on the fact that I cannot support Trump because he is outright prejudiced and I see him as a severe setback for America in general. I'm not the only one who feels this way. I plan on raising my children in a world where they can look around and see everyone treated fairly and receiving their treatment based on the decisions that they make as a person and not their skin color, place of origin, sexual preference, geographical location, or religious beliefs. I realize that's a pipe dream, but it would be a good world if we all took on the UBU and let me be me tone to things that aren't harmful to anyone's health and well-being. Uh, I just read that section because I think it's an important sentiment. I think it's a very important sentiment to try to think about not your anger that may or may not be uh, because of America, but to make a decision that may have some bearing on the future well-being of the country and the people in it and not let the worst of us dictate what the rest of us uh, will be subject to. Now, look, I, before I bring Bobby into the conversation, Bobby Kelly, I, I got to tell you, I, I love Robert Kelly. He's, uh, he's appeared on my television show. He's also appeared on Louis' show. He's obviously in Sex, Drugs. Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. He's a great comedian and a very sweet man. And, you know, I think the sweet man part gets lost because he's such a, a character. But, man, he's, a, he's always been a nice guy, big heart, and just a, 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 he's, he's, he's helped me a lot in my life just by being who he is. And nobody fucking kills harder than this fucker. On stage, he's a fucking killer. And he's honest and he's filthy and it's beautiful. And uh, I, I was thrilled to have him on. It took a while to get him in here just for, you know, because he lives on the East Coast. But uh, I, it, it, this is great. It's great. I love talking to guys. I like talking to Bobby and we don't get to talk enough. It's funny, before I bring up Bobby, like, you know, a lot of times I don't do much. I don't socialize much. But, you know, for the first time in a long time, I went over to Bill Burr's house and we had a cigar just, you know, like in the afternoon, me and Bill out on his deck smoked a cigar, had a nice two-hour conversation about life, the future, career, uh, stuff, family stuff, and it was nice. It was off the clock, and we had a nice time. We're going to try to do a little more. Uh, as I said before, the finale of Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll premieres, uh, well, it doesn't premiere. It airs Thursday, September 1st. It's this Thursday on FX. This is me 
and uh, Robert Bobby. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Kelly. You like knives and mid-century furniture? I love knives. I think it's all, all the shit is from my childhood, I think. Well, that, that was what cool shit was. Like a buck knife was the coolest fucking thing. Like my no. dad had a buck knife and I was like, oh, that's a buck knife. And he wouldn't let, wouldn't let you touch it. Nope. And then <laughs> every once in a while, right? My grandfather, I didn't, yeah, I didn't have my dad, but my grandfather would let me whittle some shit with his buck knife. Yeah, like a cross. <laughs> yeah, or you know, yeah, only religious items. Yeah, <laughs> no, he, um, yeah, I remember. I used to, I've, I've loved knives ever since. I love, and buck knives are the best. That's what I hear. Are they like they make fancy artists like artisanal? You know, blacksmith knives now. I have yes. one. Yeah, I, I had a one? really great um, knife maker uh, make me a custom hunting knife. Really? Yeah, I got on a YouTube spiral one night about, you know, just uh, the end of the world and I learned how to make fire and what animals to hunt and how to like field dress a deer and a oh, small. Really? Yeah, I just learned, I was just spent probably around 12 hours. But field dressing a deer, that's something I would think you'd have to try once or twice to get the hang of. I don't think you could just watch a YouTube thing and. I watched probably three hours of field dressing deers i know that right now if a, if we killed a deer if you hit one with your car you I, could i could feel i could feel dress that deer yeah i didn't know like inside you're you're connected through your throat yeah and your asshole mm -hmm. and everything in the middle is just hanging in there yeah so if you cut the throat and the asshole yeah you just pull everything else out right <laughs> i didn't know that I thought it was kind of attached to inside, but it's just you're <laughs> just floating in there. Your body is just floating this shit. What did you do? A uh, did you look at YouTube's of field dressing humans too? Why? Are you no, 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 no. <laughs> well, <laughs> it would be the same thing. I would just imagine it's the same thing. Yeah, probably. But it's like you know, like like, and it, you always think like the end of the world. Every movie, the guy goes out and gets, yeah. just goes and kills a deer right. immediately. Right. It's like that's the dumbest shit ever. Unless you have like a tribe to feed. Right. You want to go kill like a little squirrel or just to eat for then. Just to eat for a couple. But what days. about did you learn how to make jerky and cure shit and you yeah, know, you smoke, smoke it. Smoke right, it, so maybe no. a deer would be a good idea if you fucking saw one, even if it wasn't a tribe. Yeah, but he, dude, this yeah, but you, you I'm gonna smoke fucking you know a hundred pounds of deer meat for me and my wife and my three year old. <laughs> it sounds like a smart thing to do. I was thinking of people like if the, the apostle does come, the apocalypse yeah. comes. Yeah, like who like who goes immediately? 
Oh, you mean if the biblical apocalypse comes or just oh, in zombie general? Zombie apocalypse in general. What a biblical, what? it's just over. We have to go to, like, right now, no electricity, no... Oh, you mean who doesn't make it immediately because they like, freak out? No, just a, no it just, the... it's just like you you add nothing. Yeah. You add nothing. You don't hunt. You we don't, You're so, fucking so sense you're of humor. Say, you're not saying immediately. You're saying the first few months. First few months, it's like, dude, your sense of humor is just doesn't exist anymore. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's not, nothing's funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. And you, you can't charm people. Yeah. Into... The setup punch tag was great <laughs> and that you know math was awesome, but yeah. there's no more money. Yeah. There's, and and no one's no one's looking for a laugh. I told like yeah. Noam, the owner of the comedy cellar, yeah, yeah, yeah. dies immediately. <laughs> we just we cut his throat. Yeah, oh, so that's how they go. Well, it's, we're the deciders. Well, what are we what are we going to need around to debate? No, I know, but but like you know, why can't he live? And you know, maybe maybe we live at the cellar. What no, if we have to. We don't live in the cell. The cell is gone. Oh, it's gone. Oh, so the city goes. Let's see. We're not. This the is city. pretty. Specific. The city's taken over by. So we're out in the people. woods. Like, we're people. supposed to be. Homeless people take over the city. Well, if you remember- Everyone's going to be homeless, though, right? The blackout. Remember the blackout? Yeah. Uh, a, few, a couple years after September 11th, there was this blackout in New York City, right? Yeah, I remember, All over, yeah. right? And around, I called my wife, and we had this plan, and I was like, look, anything happens in the city, you walk the fuck home yeah. from wherever you are. Yeah. I stay home. If you're home, you stay there. Yeah. And that's where we meet. So the blackout happens. Yeah. I, I go home. You walked? I, I was just, yeah, I was close. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> I walked. Yeah. So she, I stopped. There was a couple of delis giving away free ice creams because right. the yeah. fridges were out. So I stopped a couple of times. <laughs> oh, so this is before you lived in the country. Yeah, this is when I lived okay, in right, Hell's right. Kitchen. Okay, okay. And uh, I call her. I go, where are you? She goes, I'm downtown. We're having margaritas downtown. I'm like, are you, do you remember the fucking plan? She goes, what plan? I go, we, f it's a blackout. <laughs> She goes, so what? I go, fucking planes went into a building <laughs> yeah. in walking distance from where. I go, get the fuck home. So right. she walks home. Right. And and it, all of a sudden, the city started going to chaos. Yeah. Like, he, regular squares, pedestrians were directing traffic. Yeah. Because people were almost getting murdered by other car, you know, other people driving. That's what I love about New York. People fucking step in. People. Like, there's no other city like that. Right. Somebody goes down, three guys are like, what's the problem? What happened? Right. What, who's got, go tell a guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> go tell a guy. <laughs> but it happens immediately. I love that about New York. But here's what happens at night with no lights. Hmm. You know what New York City becomes? What? Fucking New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> dude, there's no- Nobody's out. When the, the, dude, there's no lights and no electricity in New York. Yeah, nothing you to do. You can't see your hand in front of your face. <laughs> it's fucking New Hampshire. Yeah. It's like being in the White Mountains, okay? Well, right. It's now, right all of a sudden, who can who is fine in those conditions? Homeless people, dude. Mm -hmm. We walked up to 9th Ave, or 8th, from our- We lived on uh, 43rd and 10th or 11th, mm -hmm. and we walked two blocks- there was a barrel on fire and, and homeless guys just walking around grabbing titties yeah. and grabbing ass. Just coming it. up and going, her, yeah. <laughs> That's all you heard was, her, yeah. And then, oh! I, my friend's chick just starts screaming. She's like, somebody just grabbed my vagina. Like a guy walked just up. out of the dark? In the darkness and just grabbed a vag. Yeah. And went, huh. And that's it. And actually like gave that little, yeah. yeah. So I was like, we're out. We're going home. It was, yeah. It was crazy. And we had to, uh, we lived on the fifth floor. Thank God for fucking, I didn't have enough money to live. There was people that lived on the 40th floor of our building oh. that there was no lights in the hallways. And so no elevator. No elevator. Yeah. 40 floors. 
And then you're stuck up there. So now you live in the country, though. I, I bought a house, yeah. Is there deer up there? Yeah, we have deer. We have rabbit. Have So now now that you did this research, have you gone hunting? No, no, I don't want to... I, 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 I don't know if I could kill a deer. Right. Like, I, I'd only kill something if I had to. Right. I, I fly fish. Yeah, all right. I do that. I lip hurt. I let I let them go back. Yeah, I don't fucking keep. Is that back. what's called lip hurt? Lip hurting. Doesn't I thought that killed him? Doesn't kill him? No, 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 no. You Not hook him and let him go. You don't. You pinch off the hook. Oh, so it just stays in there? It, no, it's like they have a better chance of getting the fuck off. It's harder to fish like that. Why don't you keep them? Because eat them. I don't want to eat them. What do you? Why not? The why? Hell's the point? Just the sport of sitting there with the fly going back and forth, giving a little line. Dropping the fly so the line though just floats down back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the meditation of it. I've it, done that shit. I've yeah. tied flies, motherfucker. I did too. All right. There's something about that. There there's, is. There's something about being in the water, even having your line in a in a knot and just untying that knot for yeah. forty minutes. Yeah. While everybody else is fishing, everybody yeah. else is catching fish around you, and you're just sitting there quietly untying untying this impossible knot. That's 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 a good day fishing for you. I don't I don't mind it. <laughs> that just sounded like I'd be like I'd be watching other people catch fish, going fuck, fuck, and like you know thinking that like when I got my line in, the fish would be gone. I do that in this business. <laughs> that's what I do in show business. I just sit there and go fuck. He's got a fish. Fuck. She's got nine fishes. Fuck. He got. She's got ten thousand fishes, and I have a big knot. <laughs> in front of me that I'm trying to untie for 20 something years. Maybe that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Kelly unties knots. Dude, I'm I'm literally at that point in my career where I'm yeah. thinking of these weird like okay, maybe I can just go and, you know, redo furniture, like find furniture. Oh, it's great to think that shit, isn't it? Well, it's scary. I guess it's scary, you know, because when I like my when I was thinking about that, and I think about it now from a different perspective, yeah. like because like I'm, I'm I'm making a few bucks, and and I I think of it more in terms of like I'd not I'd like to not work, but when I was desperate, you know, in the darkness, I could never think I I could not come up with one thing that I could make a living doing. Yeah, like what like maybe teach what try to get a writing job with, with, from a buddy. Yeah, that's what that's what petrifies me. Well, I you know what's weird? It's like I remember seeing you at the cellar, sad, mm -hmm. eating ice cream a lot. Yeah, with the with the uh, chocolate cake. Yeah, I remember that. And I yeah. remember I remember it made me happy <laughs> because not not that you were sad, I but that <laughs> somebody that I knew yeah. felt the same way I felt. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody that I never thought you should feel that way, right? Because you were one in my eyes, you yeah. were one of the chosen ones, right? You were one of the chosen people. Yeah. Especially when I came to New York. Yeah. It was like, and then when I saw you sad, it made me happy because I'm, I, I feel fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when you made it, I felt really happy for you. Like when you popped off, I remember when you gave your speech at oh, yeah, Montreal. Just for Laugh. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh my God, he, he did it. He, you came out of the fucking rubble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. reached up and grabbed a stick. Yeah, and pulled yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, uh, it, I mean, it must feel that feeling. I don't like. What does it feel to actually get pulled out of that? I, it's hard to it's hard to process because you know I like if I feel like the, here's what and I've said it before, but the one thing like guys like me and you and I think we have a lot in common for whatever fucking reason because we're both you know 
sick fucks in a yeah. way. Yeah. But the, the, the sort of the ongoing insecurity of not having success and keep trying and sitting there looking at friends and like, fuck, how the fuck did that guy? And then you don't like him and you don't, you're not happy when other people get successful. The bitterness. Like when I finally found my little place yeah. and, it, and it seemed to have an impact, like I did something relevant to people that people enjoyed. I'm making a living and I think it's an honest living. That filled in as something in my self-esteem that, that, that can only happen that way. Yeah. Because I had sort of resigned the fact that like I'm fucked and I'm going to be a sad motherfucker for the rest of my life and I'm not going to make it. So when I started to to sort of, and, and that was on my own terms made a big difference too. But so that thing where I'm like financial insecurity is a little better and just the fact that I achieved something, just yeah. the fucking thing that I achieved something on my own terms, I feel good about that. That part of my self-esteem got shored up. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, but even people say money doesn't matter, blah, 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 blah. But it sure it sure does when when you can fucking not worry about rent or, or mortgage. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like it's like I I, I don't want to I don't need I don't need fucking a trust fund for my kid. Right. But I would like to not worry about right his food. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I would like to not worry about him having to because I was my my I I, I mm. try you know my childhood was fucked up. You know, it was re- I, I just remember being fucking sad a lot. I remember just being fucking just sad and lonely. I remember just being alone. Yeah. All the fucking well, time. Well, where'd you grow up? Medford. You grew up in Medford. Like, you're a real Boston guy. Like, I was trying yeah. to remember when I met you. I met you, you know, when you had hair on your head. I met you at uh, Catch a Rising Star. Um, really? In Cambridge? first time doing comedy. In Cambridge. In Cambridge. I had to sign up on a sheet. Right, with Robin Horton in the back of the room. And uh, there was uh, another guy that looked like you. I forget his name. Christina. Might be out of the business now. Christina. Maybe. Right. Yeah. I remember you went he on. He was a bigger asshole than me. Yeah, he was an asshole. Yeah. He was a piece of shit. Yeah. And I remember you went on. I don't know if he is anymore. And you were great. And then and then I went on. I did some. I had five minutes or something. I yeah. waited six months for it. Yeah. I had to wait six months for it. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. Brought my whole family. And I remember the guy who ran it. Is his name Robin? Mm-hmm came up to me and says, listen, tell your family I don't want them laughing too much. <laughs> I went, I don't know. What do you mean? I go, because I don't want them. There's other people going on, and I don't want them just to laugh at oh, you. what and, a fucking monster he, he was. And I go, okay, okay, I don't know how to go up to my family and tell them not to laugh at me. So I had to go up to my family and go, hey, guys, make sure you give it up for everybody else, too. Yeah. You know, and they were like, huh? <laughs> So, and I remember, I the guy introduced me. The to, fact that like you, <laughs> of all people, like someone like me, who were like you know you know cocky assholes, right? But that we we even took that instruction at all. <laughs> like the right response to that is like, all right, and then like shut the fuck up. What does that even mean? But like you're like, oh, I better figure out how to frame it for my family that they'll understand. <laughs> well, because I can't, I can look. I can't make this. I, I It takes me three days. I yeah. need three days to make any decision. Oh, or me too. To, what if, is that, man? If someone comes up to me like that and does that to yeah. me, if you give me three days and a time machine, yeah. I can go back to him and go. You know what? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. I, I'm not doing that. My family's here to support me. Fuck you yeah, and leave. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I. If you give me three days. <laughs> But I, I cannot make a, a decision in a moment. I cannot. That's why I admire, like, like Patrice could yeah. have an opinion in seconds. a little seconds. Yeah, yeah. Just be like, that's bullshit. And I'd be yeah. like, how do you know that? 
Like, how do you know it's bullshit? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Right. Like, what he said, you know what? Yeah. I don't want the other comics to feel bad. Right. Like, maybe he's right. right. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Mm -hmm. Is he right? And then- Right, because we, we're, there's a part of us that are people pleasers. I'm a fucking- Yeah, because I never had somebody telling me, hey- fuck that or fuck them right one way or the other i never i never had a male figure or, or an adult tell me f be something like i see my kid now my three-year-old yeah and he acts like me right he does what i i do right so good or bad he's going to be influenced by me and his decision making is going to be do you have you gone out of your way to do it differently yeah, then, oh, dude, every, oh, it's it's a constant. Every day I think about it. So wait, so you? Oh, your dad wasn't around. Well, my dad, my original dad, wasn't around. Where'd he go? Uh, he, he was, dude. It's so weird. It, he was in Vietnam. Yeah. Him, him. My mom had my sister when she was fifteen. Had me when she was eighteen. Really? Irish Catholic home. Yeah. So she pretty much, you know, that was. She was a kid. She's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. She was fucking around in a bush. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is that what happened? Well, I don't know, but I would right, imagine yeah, it wasn't yeah. very romantic. Right, you know right, I mean? right. They're probably banging in the back of a Monte Carlo Your or dad, something. the Vietnam vet, and your 18-year-old mom. Well, he went to Vietnam while I was born. He came back all fucked up. Oh, really? And him and my mom, you know, there's two sides to the story. That How he, old are you? I'm 45. Yeah. Yeah, so I never knew him. Mm -hmm. They were gone. Mm -hmm. She moved back in with my, my grandmother, so there was 13 of us living in a three-bedroom. With your grandmother. Yeah. So me and my mother and my sister were on a mattress on the floor in my Uncle Sean's room. Yeah. Next to a weight bench. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, my other uncle, Tommy, was on the sun porch. My other uncle was in a closet. The other two were down in the basement. What my, the fuck? My aunts shared a bedroom, and then my grandmother and grandfather had a bedroom. And uh, my gra great-grandmother was there for a minute, but then she passed away. Uh -huh. um, so I just I, out of necessity. I, yeah, I, uh, I think they killed her. I think they needed the room. I think one of the uncles took her out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so that's how that's your ch early childhood memories. But, th but that was great. Yeah. I remember those times. It well, was at least great. there's people around. But then, she, yeah, it was it was great. My uncles are fucking great. My, yeah. I mean, they were just amazing. You know, yeah. I remember my uncle would always bring me a, a cupcake home or something. Yeah. Always, when I woke up from a nap, there was always like a little treat or something. Mm -hmm. My one uncle was smart. I remember Tommy was smart. Yeah. I I remember David like knew how to make bow and arrows and fight. Yeah. Uh, my uncle Jimmy and uncle my uncle Michael was cool with the women. My uncle yeah. Jimmy was you know the businessman. Right. My uncle Sean was like the cop, the blue collar dude. So it was like I had five fathers like right, right there, and then you had my grandfather who was greatest generation. Yeah. World War Two. Yeah coolest motherfucker ever. Had yeah. a garden. Yeah. Knew how to grow shit. Knew how to fix shit could talk forever you know how come i had that there yeah, yeah. then I had my, my my grandmother was the best my two aunts awesome all irish all irish catholic yeah and then my mother met this fucking dude billy yeah and she got married to this fucking savage yeah this fucking guy who should never been around children right who and then we she got married like that and i thought it was great i thought it was amazing i remember you like, liked the guy at first. Dude, he was so fucking great. He parted his hair to the side. He had a mustache. You know, he had like yeah. a nice car. Right. And I remember we got an apartment and I, I remember walking in, I had my own room. Yeah. And I never had my own room. Really? I never had yeah. it. I remember walking in and looking up at the lamp. There was like a this beautiful cool lamp. Yeah. Like a like a hanging from the ceiling, this right. light fixture. And I was like, 
it looked like a spaceship. And I was like, is that mine? And he, I remember him going, that's your lamp. And I was like, I love this fucking lamp. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I loved it. Every day I would come in and go, that's my lamp. Yeah. I loved it. How I old were my, you, like four, three? Yeah, I was in like kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I had the side room and I had my own TV. I had a toy box full of toys. This room... All this shit, I, like literally, like out of a movie. And you, it was just you and your sister? Me, my sister, my mother. My sister had the same thing right across from me. What'd this guy do? He was an insurance adjuster. Uh-huh. He had one of those fucking wheels with a- Right, the measuring wheel? wheel? Ugh. Yeah. Every time I see those, I fuck. So I remember I was in my room. Everything was great. I had this little side room with two beanbags and a TV, and I was watching TV one night, and I fell asleep from, from day to night. And I woke up and it was dark out and I just heard noise. And I got up and I remember I was so happy. I was just so fucking happy. And I remember I walked out, I opened the door and I look out and my sister, my mother's bent on her knees crying. And then my sister's grabbing the phone crying to make a phone call. And I remember he wrapped the phone around her head and then threw it at her head and punched my sister in the stomach. And then I remember my mother saw me and she ran, she ran to get me and she grabbed my sister and we went into my sister's bedroom. And I remember I shut the door and I held it shut and he was kicking it. It was locked and he was kicking it and kicking it and kicking it. And I was just in shock. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. Yeah. And I remember he kicked the door open and I went flying against the wall and I fell and I pretended that I was knocked out because I was so scared. I remember, yeah. I remember just saying, like in my head at this I'm little- dead. I'm dead. Yeah. Just play dead. Yeah. And I played dead. And he looked down at me. He goes, I mean, just don't fucking lock that. This is my fucking house. And, and he looked at me. He goes, get the fuck up. Stop playing. Yeah. I didn't hurt you. And I remember my mother screaming at him. And that was like the day everything changed. Like that, was the, 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 that was the day your innocence was over. It was done. That was the day that I learned that I, I was introduced to fear. Yeah. That was the day that I was introduced to anger. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was the day that, you know, when uh, being hurt turned slowly started turning into rage. You know what I mean? And how, how long did that go on for? It went on until I was in like, I think it was sixth grade. I remember. She stayed with him that long? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why. I don't know what the fuck happened. It was years of I remember you know coming home late and getting punched or thrown really? down a flight of stairs. I remember I remember second grade. Yeah, man, I remember second grade coming home being so happy I got Miss Julian for second grade. Yeah, which I didn't even know what the fuck that meant. They just told you you have Miss Julian next yeah. year, for, and I was like, yeah, skipping. I remember skipping. Yeah, I love skipping. Yeah, and I remember I got home a little late because uh, I talked to this. One of the Porvecchio sisters, yeah. Rachel, who I was in love with. Yeah. This is and second grade. Second grade, I fucking was in love with this girl. And I got home a little late, and then uh, he, I was, he had to do something, and I was late. And then he, you fucking late. And I remember screaming at me. And I remember he hit me in the back of the head, and then he like punched me, and I fell down the stairs. And nothing. Nothing. No apology, no nothing. No, not, no nothing no from any... Out. Dude, I ran away, I think, uh, that night. I remember running away, and I didn't know what running away was. I remember I, it was cold out. I left. I only went like five blocks, and I was at a red light crying. And I remember this girl was saw me, and I'm a little kid. Yeah. I'm a second grader. Yeah. Fucking crying at a red light, cold, with yeah. no jacket. Yeah. 
I remember she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, you know, I'm running away. And I remember, you know, she she walked me home. I remember that. She walked me back to the, my house. Back to the bad place. Back to the, and my mother was there and she was like crying or whatever. Or she was like, oh my God. And she brought me upstairs and I remember she hugged me and loved me and I, that's all I wanted. I remember yeah. she fucking held me and and I was like, oh my God, thank God. I, so I, you know what I mean? And yeah. I remember I was underneath the coffee table in the living room and I yeah. was just so happy. Yeah. Like I went from this tragic place and all, and then she fucking gave me all this love and then I remember I was just so happy because that's all I wanted. Yeah. And then I remember she was on the phone with a friend and she was talking. And then, and I, when we, when I came home, oh, fuck, it kills me, man. When I came home, she was like, Bobby, what, you know, and she was like, I love you, Bobby. And I went, I went, oh, mom, I love you too. And we hugged. Yeah. And we had that moment. And then I remember I was under the coffee table and I was so happy and feeling good. And he wasn't there. And, she was on the phone and she was talking to somebody and she was like, and then he went, oh, mom, I love you too. And she started laughing. And I, I fucking just crumbled. Oh, my God. I mean, looking back now, she didn't know I was there. She was probably telling her friend. She probably thought it was cute. It wasn't an evil, was cute, evil laugh. It was just another. Embarrassing. It was just like, fuck, you too, you fuck. You know, it was yeah. like. And you felt like you were belittled and made fun of, and like yeah, yeah. I felt it just killed me, dude. Yeah. It crushed me. And I remember. And this is second grade. Second grade. So then we, you know, then we moved again, and slowly but surely. What happened to your sister? Is she dude, all right? It fucking, you know, it's sad because she's not. You know, she used to call her fat and stupid, and and fat. You know, he hit me, and. He used to call her fat and stupid, and what it did between us, it separated us because we separated to survive. Yeah. And I remember if he was making fun of her, he wasn't making fun of me. Right. He would always go, "Come on, let's go take a ride." Right. And I was safe. Yeah. Or well, vice versa. Yeah. You know. So yeah. it's it separated us. She went and, you know, kind of went off in her own world, and it it still fucks her up. Yeah. But she, yeah, I, I love my sister, but we've been trying to reconnect. Yeah. Since then. Oh, really? Like, yeah, we've been trying to reconnect, I think, since I got sober, which was like 30 years ago. 30 years already? Yeah, I went, yeah. So we still try to talk. Like, my sister's, you know, she's got kidney disease. She got a kidney transplant seven year, 17 years ago. And uh, she, uh, she, it's, you know, there's a limit on those. Sure. So she needs a new kidney again. Yeah. You know, she called me up the other day crying and. You know, it's like we're finally starting to connect, but there's still this survival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's back in Boston, single. She has a beautiful kid that's all grown up now, and she's dealing with this kidney stuff, and it's like, I'm out here, and it's fucked up, man. It, literally, this fuck, this fuck. It's, yeah, it's a, it, the, the pain of it, of uh, you know, seemingly unresolvable emotional, like, you know, pain, you know, that, like, that, like, how do you, how, like, because I deal with a little of this with the sort of, like, you have these patterns. The shit was set. You know what I mean? The dynamic is set. And you crave something more. You're at, you're at an age where you can handle something more. But you just don't know if you can fucking get there with the other person or whatever. Yeah. You know, you can't get that shit back. No. You can't. And it's so funny, too, is that someone just said to me, uh, do be be as good as you can be with your kid right now. Be, if there's something that you do that's stupid, stop doing it. If there's something you do that's fucked up, stop it. So you think that about that all the time? All the time because <clears throat> because um, when he's 16, you can't fix it. 
Yeah. It's there forever. Yeah. Right. It's just there. Well, it sounds like when you're two in second grade, it's there. Fuck yeah, I remember all that shit. My mother, because my mother's Irish Catholic and I love her to death, but it's like, can't we just move on? Mom, I don't, I don't know how to fucking live life. So I don't know how to fuck. Everything I've gotten is through pure willpower. Right. Pure fucking just I'm I'm not gonna fi- it's all hustle yeah but you she's still around my mother oh yeah my whole that whole side of my family she got remarried after Billy after Billy how got, long did it take to leave her after she fucked five up years, her kids five years five years of <laughs> five destroying years. the child but here's the thing is I don't think they knew back then what they know now I don't think they knew because you think about her life think about her childhood 15 having a kid you get sent away you go to some none place did she yeah uh where were you then who got who got you i was nine i was 18 when she was 18 and she had to go uh away again i think with my sister she had to go away and i think with me she actually moved in with my oh, yeah. grandparents right so why were all these people living with your grandparents when they had jobs like a cop and everything else no that's who they were okay. personality wise oh okay, okay that's who they were they all weren't right. that then yeah they were just f- partying fucking teenagers <laughs> fucking psychopaths but <laughs> I'm saying like what they gave me. Right. That's right. kind of what you know. Okay. If I was a if I was going to be a superhero, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I got all my powers right, I from. Get it, I get the, it, from yeah. those five. They're guys. just a house full of nuts. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's what they actually became in life oh, too. Yeah, Later yeah. in life, yeah. If you look back, that's what they oh, became. Yeah. Right. But, right. Um, right. Yeah. It's it's uh. I remember when he um. I mean, I remember, I remember just being fucking scared all the time, dude. Scared of getting beat up. Scared of getting killed. I remember <sighs> scared of getting fucking killed. But the, but you t- but see, this thing is like we do that thing. There's this thing we got to tell ourselves that way like, they didn't know better. But you know, who the fuck doesn't know that the guy that you married shouldn't beat up your fucking kid for no reason? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not because she doesn't. To... No, no, no. Because she doesn't remember. She wasn't there for some of it. And I, you know, we bring they go with the blinders on. It's like the people with sexual abuse. They're like, yeah. like they they know, but they don't know. Yeah. I fucking yeah. I mean, I can you empathize for that? I mean, can you? I mean, I you know, you say you love your mother, but I just had this conversation right before you came over here. And did a therapy session, and like the only way you know, and we're program guys, so like at some point you got to forgive them, right? Yeah, because to really did, forgive them, you have to forgive them because if not, you're just going to be in hatred forever and repeat it. And I'm going to repeat it with my kid. That's my biggest fear. Like I don't I, like I have a temper, dude. The temper is from him. My temper, I'm I'm like this fucking crazy sensitive pussy. Yeah, you're a sweet guy. And but what happens is if I get hurt, I get I go immediately to anger. Me too. And that's from that's fear. F- anger is just hurt. That's all it is. You're being hurt and it becomes anger because it's safer to flip the fuck out and scare people then away the, from you than to be sad. Yeah, cuz I don't want to hit anybody. Yeah. But I don't want to be hurt. Yeah. So I learned that. I remember the day I learned that is that when he hit me one time, yeah, and I went and got a, a knife, yeah, and I chased him, and he yeah. and he actually ran. Yeah, how old he, were you? I was in sixth grade. Yeah, and he he ran. I remember he was running away from me for the first time. Yeah, and I chased him around the house with this knife, and uh, and then my mother grabbed me. She's like, "Bobby, stop!" And he was like, "You little fucking psycho! You want to stab me? Go ahead." And he put his hand out. Yeah, and before he, I just went down. I was cutting his fucking hand off, yeah. and he pulled back. And he knew that he would. And he was like, okay, this kid's fucking lost it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And that was it. Yeah. That was it. That was the last memory I have of this guy. I don't remember I don't remember anything else from him. 
That was it. That was the last time. But I, in my brain, it clicked. I was like, oh, shit. If you hurt somebody physically or you flip out yeah. or you get angry yeah. and you scare them, they'll fucking leave. So what ultimately happened to that guy and with, with, your, with your mother? Like, how did that end? She divorced him. We moved into- Like in a panic? Like, we're leaving the house today kind of shit? I th- you don't. No, no. I don't remember. I remember it was pretty quick. I remember it was pretty fast. Mm-hmm. It's over, divorce. But I remember this scumbag, he had money. And I remember he came out- <laughs> They were getting divorced. He came home one day with Atari when Atari first came out. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't have Atari. Yeah. And he came home with Atari and he, yeah. looked, he just hooked it up. Yeah. Started playing. Had an extra joystick. Yeah. And I remember he was, he came, hey, you want to play? And he, I was playing Adventure, yeah. you know, with the little yeah. dot that went around. Yeah. And we were all playing. And I remember, yeah, this, yeah, too bad you guys are leaving, you know? And I remember my mother came home. We were like, Ma, don't leave. Yeah. We should, maybe we should. And he got us. He hooked us. This fuck. Just that easily. That's, yeah, because all we want, me and my sisters wanted to fucking be loved. Yeah, and play we, a game. Yeah, and just yeah. be happy and yeah. shit. Yeah. And she comes home, she grabbed the Atari, fucking smashed it. Like, you fuck it. And she flipped out on him. And then I remember we were gone. Yeah. And then that's when she met this guy. She met this great guy who she's still married to today, Larry. And he was actually in a marriage, and my mother was in a marriage, and they worked at the same Grossman's Bargain Outlet, uh-huh. or Grossman's, yeah. right, which is a Home Depot back in right. the day. And uh, I think they fooled around a little mm-hmm. bit on each other's mm-hmm. or something. I don't yeah. know. Or maybe it happened, and then after they did. And yeah. So I remember he would come over, and he was the fucking greatest guy ever, dude. It was like living with Frank Sinatra. And you believed it, though. It, it lasted. It stuck. Well, I was it I was already a sham. I was already gone, dude. You were like, I yeah. was already started. Who the I, fuck is this I started guy? drinking at ten. Yeah, I started drinking like Where? whiskey at home. No, I just was hanging out with this thirty-year-old guy named Dicky. Well, how does that happen? I just met this met him through this girl Patty. At ten? Ten. Ten. I remember ten. I was. Do you have any questions about the thirty-year-old who's hanging around with a ten-year-old, giving him whiskey? No, he was a cool guy. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember we went to his house. And I think his father was. They were hoarders or something. Yeah. And I remember going to his house and it was just shit everywhere and it just smelled like shit. Yeah. And then when we went in there and he had the, that dicky voice. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was. I drank so much fucking. I, I remember drinking pints of seven uh, seven, and just being by a barrel with him and Patty. Oh, who's Patty? Patty's just this blonde chick that. How I old used, was she? She was probably 15. Yeah. She was 15. He was 30. Yeah. I was 10. <laughs> Drinking around a barrel. I, he wanted to fuck Patty. Yeah. Patty fooled around with me, but Patty was dating this tough fucking 19-year-old. But you were 10. 10. She fooled around with you at 10. Yeah, we kissed. Right. We kissed, yeah. We kissed. This is not a healthy environment for in any by any stretch had, of the imagination. I had nowhere to go, man. I, no, I get. I'm not judging yeah. you. I'm just saying that, like, yeah. you know, that how these people all found each other. Who it, the fuck knows? Well, if you think of it, it was like this we, was in Medford. Me, well, we had moved out of the house. No yeah. more toy box. No more room. Um, my, we moved into a two bedroom. My mother slept on the living room floor now because we don't have any more money. Yeah, because Billy's gone. Right. So we live in this shit apartment. Um, but you got the guy who works at Grossman's. Well, he starts coming over, but it was by it was like almost like a year they started hooking up. Yeah. And in that year, I started drinking, I started doing some drugs, and I started hanging out with these people. Just like on the corner shit. 
in a way. Around yeah, the it was like they became like they gave. Were they f- in the complex? No, no, no. It wasn't a co- It was like you know, it was Medford, so it was yeah. like you know, fucking blue collar town right. shit. And yeah, yeah, I hung out with this kid Dicky and Scott, yeah. and we they drank, and I just started drinking, and I I didn't I remember I hated drinking. I just did it because they did it. And I didn't want to, I was alone. I was fucking alone a lot. For around three months when we moved, yeah. I had no friends. Yeah, I didn't have one person in my life. Yeah. I would wake up, I remember for, for, I would wake up in the morning and go in the basement. We had this fucking dusty old basement. And there was three families living in this home. And I would go in the basement and I built this little bedroom on the floor mm. with a blanket, a pillow, and uh, I remember I would go down there and I would bring my lunch. I would go out the front door. All right, I'm going to school, sixth grade, and then go around the back and go in the basement and just curl up in a ball and sleep all day mm. uh, until around two o'clock, two fifteen, and then I'd come home. Right. I'd just come out the back door and <laughs> and just be like, "Hey." Oh, so sad. It was fucking pretty. I remember being there and just lying there all day on the ground, and you know the sun was coming through and just sitting there and just fucking being sad well you're all it's all beating at you and like you know all this fucking change and weirdness and you're drinking you can't relate to other kids and shit well yeah well that's what happens is three months of that uh, you know just being sad and yeah. lonely and then i met these people dicky and patty Dickie and then scott and dicky sewell and all of a sudden these guys wanted to be with me every day they would come to my house my doorbell rang and they they became my family that became my any my father 10? figure Dickie and Scott, Dickie, the little Dickie. There was Big Dickie and Little Dickie. <laughs> little Dickie was age appropriate. Age appropriate. And yeah. Big Dickie was the leader. D- Big Dickie, uh, yeah. Big Dickie was he. Well, he was a separate guy. Right. Yeah. I started hanging out with the Dick regular age appropriate Dickie. <laughs> little Dickie. Yeah, Little Dickie and and Scott Kelly. Yeah. We started hanging out, and then yeah. I left Big Dickie and Patty. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. But you're all drinking now. We were drinking a lot, man. We would drink every day. Every fucking day, we would try to get booze. Did it make you feel better? The drinking didn't. the The actual the friendship did. Right. Yeah. the The actual somebody fucking having my back did. You know, somebody uh, you know actually wanting to be around me did. So what the fuck happens? So you're ten years old. You're already drinking every day, and so you get sober at fifteen. Is that what you say? Yeah, I went to. Well, it just you know I kind of always upped my friends. So right. It's like kind of like this business you keep up up in your coattails. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you 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 make more famous friends and yeah. all of a sudden you're hanging out with fucking the holy grail of famous people and yeah. you're like, "Oh my god," you know? Yeah. I think that happens in friendships too, like when you're younger, it's right. like for different reasons. Well, back yeah. the holy grail is not that holy. Well, I, my goal was to hang out with the toughest, meanest guys. Yeah. Cuz that was the safest place for me to be. Right. Um so when I got an opportunity to hang out with this other group of guys from South Medford or whatever, mm-hmm. I remember, uh, yeah, like the, it was so funny that it was uh, Frankie Policastro. Yeah, was like the Fonz. Yeah, I was just the coolest. Fucking How old are you kid. now? Twelve. I am around. I'm around twelve, going on thirteen, yeah. and I meet Frankie. Yeah, and he's got blonde hair, Italian guy, leather jacket, yeah. wife beater, smoking yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. And then I met uh, Jake Gagliardi, fucking coolest motherfucker ever. He's from the Italian family. His big older brother, uh, two older brothers were just fucking, just gorgeous human beings. Yeah. Like that Italian, yeah. holy shit, yeah. gorgeous men. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then I met uh, Mikey Dots yeah. and Mikey O. Yeah. 
And it was like it was like out of a movie, dude. It was like being in a Michael Mann film or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, where, yeah. And here I am. The they took me in, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Come on!" I would hang out with these guys. You got no dad. That that adds to all this. You need these role models, right? Well, at this time, she's seeing now. She's seeing Larry. But so you like Larry. But but still, in, in terms, I'm done. I'm gone. Right. In terms of real real guidance and shit, that those days are over. I think if Larry was my father, and I've said this to him before, he is my. I would say he is my dad. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But if he was my father from when I was a kid, You'd be I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I would be. I would have some fucking great little job back in Boston. Yeah. I'd have a, a triple decker. My sister would live on one of the fucking right. apartments. Yeah. I'd have an above ground pool. Right. We'd have parties and barbecues. Yeah. We'd probably go to the Cape yeah. in the summer. Right. Oh, yeah. I would. My life would be fucking... I would not be here. I wouldn't fucking have anything to do with this shit business <laughs> at all. Not oh, fucking one bit. God, I, it's just bad timing. Larry had bad timing. He, dude, the first, I remember when he came over one night, right when I started hanging out with Dickie and Scott and I started drinking and I started getting into it. I remember he, I'm with him and he's teaching me how to make chicken soup. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's sitting there in the kitchen. What, boiling the chicken? You, you cook the chicken yeah. and the vegetables, and yeah. you, you boil the, the stock, and then yeah. you put the vegetables, and then you put the chicken, you let it simmer. And yeah. I remember we spent like hours making this, and he's Frank Sinatra's on, and he's yeah. teaching me about all this old music, and I was like, this is it. Yeah. This is my, I've been waiting for this guy. Yeah. And then the doorbell rings, and it's Dickie and Scott. Yeah. And they're like, let's go. And I was like, I, I didn't want to. I really didn't, man. I was like, I don't want to. I want to stay with this guy. Yeah. I want to eat chicken soup. We yeah. just, we just spent three hours making this soup. Yeah. And Dickie's like, I know where they want to go. They got, they want to go to the tracks and go get into trouble and drink and yeah. fucking be idiots. Yeah. But I was like, I don't, I don't want to go. Yeah. And the, and I was like, do you guys want some soup? And they were like, yeah. I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, all right. And Larry was like, come on in, guys. Let's have some soup. Right. Let's have, and he brought him in, and he gave us all soup. And I remember we're sitting there in the kitchen eating soup, and Larry's talking to these kids. He's like, so where are you guys from? And, yeah. you know, oh, that's Be great. Be a nice guy, yeah. It was great. And then we were like, all right, let's go. And we, we left. And then we drank a bottle of whiskey, and we all threw up the soup. <laughs> Remember, we're just on the track going, projectile vomiting, fucking the best chicken soup I've ever had. It was just fucking everywhere. That was, but that was the battle, right? You know, like that was, you know, sort of like it's interesting though that y- 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 the pressure of that, that like you know, you that this is a safer place, it's a better place, there's more to be gained, it's a healthier place. But you got these monsters with the fucking all of you have these little monster hearts yeah. that are full of anger and sadness, and that's the pull. Like you don't want to be uncool. Well, if I say no to them. Who you got? What if he goes? Yeah. What if Larry goes? Right. And Larry's not, you know, and also like, you know, he's still an older guy. He's still like a, a grown up. You know, you still want to be a kid, right? Yeah. I want to be a kid. I want friends, but yeah. I also, I want to make, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't know what to do. I don't know. What's the right thing? So when No one get, ever fucking taught me. I know, I know. No one ever said. Uh, this is how you live. Go with your instincts. Right. You know what? Uh, it's okay to fail. No one ever said, uh, you know, uh, you know, do what you want to do. I mean, I don't know what to do. It's like I don't want to. I don't want them not to like me, but I don't want Larry not to like me. I don't want nobody not to like me because if people don't like you, yeah, if people don't like you, then you feel like shit. Right. But if everybody likes you, even if it's fake, yeah, even if it's fucking a sham, yeah, 
right? Yeah. You can feel good. You can at least not think about them. Hence stand up. Yes. <laughs> that one twat in the front who doesn't laugh. And it's like, why? 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 Everybody else is fucking finding me amusing. Yeah. But you don't like me. Well, you know what? Sometimes I've found they're what? just sort of like, they're sitting there going like, oh, Christ, did I leave the toaster on? Oh, he's got nothing to fucking do with you. Oh, dude, I yelled at a lady one time in the crowd. She was on her phone, and I yeah. screamed at her. I go, you know what? Fuck you. I'm fucking up here. Everybody's having a good time. I, it, you're on your fucking dumb phone. Yeah. And she goes, Bobby, I, I'm a, I love you. It's just my daughter got into an accident. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> the whole crowd, <gasps> the whole crowd just shut down. The fucking the oxygen left the room. And I went, is she okay? She's like, I don't know. She starts crying. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. I, it, I got to go back into some fucking- How far are we into the shit? How far are we? Dude, I was probably 30 minutes into my show. I had a half hour left. Yeah. And it was just no recovery. She's just crying. And I was almost crying. I was like, you should, go, you yeah. know. Did she, she go? She had to go and she left and- it, she wound up being okay. Yeah. And then she came back in. I was like, you know, now we, it's like she was just sitting there and her eyes were still red yeah. from crying. But, was, but she found out that she was okay? Her daughter was all right. Yeah, yeah. she was all right. It's yeah. one of those great moments as a comic where you, you learn something. You're not sure what, but, you know, it's not necessarily going to stop you from saying, what are you on your fucking phone for? You know? Yeah. For whatever reason, like I didn't know you when you started really. Like when when we started to sort of connect, yeah. like at the cellar or whatever, yeah. yeah, you always saw right through me, and we there was a sensitivity. I always felt like crying every time I saw you, because yeah. like I'd be like, you'd just look at me and go like, what, what, what's going, what, what, what's the matter? What do you like? Because I knew you knew the the score, and there was some sort of connection. Yeah, where like you know, I knew you're a very sensitive guy, and that you you know that it was. I was always just shy of like losing my shit around you, just emotionally. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Do you know what that is? Well. I don't know. I, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do because I've always liked you. Yeah. Like even when people were like, fuck Mark Marin. Right. What fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I, I just, I like him. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, because like I said, I would see you there. Right. We, you, you know when sensitive people, that's the weird thing is like, because I'm like that. I don't know if you're like that. You seem a little more magnanimous than me. Like there's not a lot of people that think you're an asshole. Right. But for me, like I did have a, 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 a sort of disposition, but you would see right through it anyways. You're just one of those guys. I, just, you, I knew you were always a really sweet guy. Yeah, I just yeah. knew you were a nice guy. And that's why I go to see you at the ice cream of being sad or yeah. fucked up and all that shit that happened to you. That's what drew me to you because I said, oh, good, man. You're... Oh. You're 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 fucked up, and I'm fucked up too right now. Yeah. Well, not right now. I'm okay now, but I've been where you're at a lot. You know. But, yeah. But sometimes I think, dude, like I think of you having, like I don't have that reputation, but maybe I should. <laughs> right. No, maybe I should be more of a dick. Maybe I should be more of, like, is that me being uh, just fucking? I don't have an. Like, what the fuck am I doing that more people don't hate me? No, that's. I don't think that's true. I Not mean, a, I don't. I don't even think it, for me it was opinions. It was really just fear and defensiveness yeah. and assuming. Yeah, I was always preemptively hostile because I always thought, you know what I mean, like that everybody was, you know, you know, kind of judging me. Like I was paranoid a little bit and 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 really kind of hypersensitive. We just did a different thing with it. I wanted to keep people out. You wanted to let people in. Yeah. You know, like I, I just like I'm, I'm, I'm still have hard time with that accepting love or wanting to be like, like. Because you think as a comic, all we want to do is be liked, but I fight that. I, I literally, like, that's the challenge. Why do you fight it? 
because I'm afraid that like if 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 I open up like that, that I'm just going to fucking disappear. It's a weird thing. Yeah. I, I'm afraid that every time I do it, the, every single person I've ever allowed in my life has left me. Every person that I was fucking ultimately close with. Yeah has fucking has left me yeah especially male figures yeah the only person that's ever stayed with me is my wife through thick and thin you know there's a, there's a couple other i have like a few friends in comedy and yeah. outside of comedy like but everybody there's else guys that, there's a group of guys that like would never fucking leave you there's a core group of dudes that it's very funny about that that whole seller crew you know like when i you know even when i go back you know, I feel like a closeness. Like, you know, it's not like everyone's in touch every day, but I bet you most of those guys, you know, they're like Colin or Jimmy or those guys, right? I, t- I talk to Colin every, uh, pretty much every day. Right. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, they would show up for you no matter what. I, th- I've, I think so. I think Keith and Colin. Keith. And, oh, yeah. But it's this. Here's the problem. Yeah. The And I, I got to find some way. And I hope I, I, I know it's through my kid or my family. Mm. that i've created because now i've my therapist is like you know one day he's like stop bitching about your dad you're never one you're never he's like you're never getting one which one oh in he general? goes you're never getting a dad yeah that you're never getting one yeah you it, the opportunity's gone it's never gonna happen stop it's harsh but for true it. he goes he goes you're the dad right so just be the fucking dad and also do it to yourself too. parent yourself yeah right which is i'm just fucking learning that parent your fucking self yeah. how do you do, yeah how do you fucking do that like how do you and it's like you're never gonna get the friendship i'm i've never gotten the friendship that i wanted you never get the friendship a hundred percent that you oh, want that's, that's why i liked you that's why we're connected because and i used to do this like there was one moment in my life you know chuck Squar. yeah so we started together, right? And Chuck's like the most kind of like, you know, kind of like hyperly, you know, kind of rigidy kind of, you know, not the most emotional guy, yeah. you know what I mean? But I, I decided that he was my friend, you know, at some point when we were starting out, like Catch a Rising Star days. And I just like, but when I got a friend, when I decide you're my friend, that's a that's a burden. I'm a lot to handle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I got a lot of expectations, a lot of needs. <laughs> right right so like so one time i just lost my shit on chuck who's like who's just emotionally myopic it's one frequency and i'm like you're not a fucking friend you and i and i and he 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 literally says he says you have a very expansive personality (laughs) and i thought it was a very nice way of of sort of encapsulating that like you know when i commit to a friendship i'm like you got to be my dad you got to be my friend you got to be there (sighs) and it's exhausting how are you going to keep a friend like that it's I, I you know what you what? say that I've never put it into words but it is true. Yeah. If you're my friend <laughs> you have to be a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. And you're a lot to handle. And you have to, you have to have navy seal loyalty. Right. It has to be military grade yeah. loyalty to me. You mm. know what I mean? And if you fail at that whatsoever, fuck you. It fucking you don't give a fuck. Right. If there's a few days then where, they get that part of it. Yeah. And they don't even know what you're talking about. Yes. Because they're just normal people. Yeah. <laughs> three days, you know, you don't talk to some guy for three days. You're yeah. like, what the fuck? And he's like, what are you talking about? You're like, and then you're like, oh, nothing. You, you cool? You still love me? It's like, fuck. It I, took me a long time to get that. It's fucking, it's, but it's, I, I'm starting to figure it out, but I, dude, it, 
I don't know. Is it ever? I don't know how to get rid of it. Dude, I've done fucking, you know, meditation. I've pray. I, I, I don't know what the fuck it is. I, 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 I just don't know if I'm fixable. I just want somebody to go, come here. Yeah. I just want a sensei. Yeah. You know when you see these kung fu movies yeah. or these karate movies yeah. where this guy grabs somebody yeah, yeah. and just goes, you know, wax on, wax off. Yeah. I just want somebody to teach me how to fucking wax on and wax off. Yeah. I just want a fucking sensei to teach me how to be a fucking, like a, a f- professional adult, you know, just to be able to handle shit. And because I, 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 I try to teach myself, but I always fail. That's the one thing, too, is that you look at how the fuck could I be sad? Because I'm, 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 I'm touring. I'm making good money as, at a com- as a comic. You're funny as fuck, too. Like, that's the other thing that you, you, we neglect to say. I mean, it's pretty apparent if people are listening that don't know you is that, you know, you're very honest, very fucking real. There's, you can't help but be yourself and you, you're not afraid to say anything. And it's great. There's so few comics that do that anymore. Do you ever think sometimes like if you were emotionally disconnected and more focused just on being famous or successful yeah. that that's how it's done? I don't know. Like if you were if you weren't in tune to your emotions as much or spent- I know, but I can't separate my creativity from that's where it all comes from. There's nothing I can do about that. There's like it's no way like here's how I do it. It's sort of like I should really write better jokes and I'm like I've never really written a joke in my fucking life. Like, you know, you see these guys that they sit there, they write, they organize, they structure. Like, yeah. Seinfeld, to me, is from Mars. Like, I don't know where the fuck that guy's coming from emotionally. I don't know where he's coming from comedically. I know he works very hard, but I, I, that's like, that, that's another fucking planet, man. But, dude, that's so funny that you say that because I've had people say, dude, you got, like, Seinfeld, you got to get up and it's a job, right? Six hours a day. I do the job. Yeah. And you know what? It's more taxing on me because every time I get up there, it's life or death. It's not <laughs> like if this doesn't go well, I'm not going to be okay for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't walk out going like, that was an okay set. Tomorrow's another night. No, fuck that. I go like, why do I do this? I'm a f- I'm terrible. I'm a piece of shit. I don't work hard enough. And I'm fucked. Yeah. I'm fucked for days. Yeah. yeah. So am I doing it wrong? I don't think so. I, I guess it's just the way you do it, I guess. Uh, yeah, but you, but you know, there are guys, like, you, at some point you've got to be like, you, you know, what's the risk of that? The risk is, like, not everyone's going to like me because I'm too fucking raw, you know, and I'm too, like, you know, uh, whatever it is. And uh, it took me a long time to accept that, and I don't think I would have had I not somehow built a small following for myself through the podcast and other things where, like, I'm not fucking Kevin Hart. I'm not Louie. But I got, you know, I got, you know, f- I got a few thousand people like me. Yeah, but I'm not even you. I know, but you will. I'm not even fucking, there's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I look at this 25 years in, right? And I'm doing great, you know, quote, unquote. I got a show. I, I, I'm funny, blah, You're blah, blah. You're closer to me than you are to Louie. I'm, 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 yeah, but it's like, like I, I still go on the road and fucking, there's a bunch of comp seats and, yeah. you know, I'm still- I would after, do, That would happen to me if I did comedy clubs, I yeah. bet. I, I, but it's just, a, it's like I still have to do Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. All right. It's, I, but you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I know like, what you mean. I know what you mean. I it's know. like, you were, it's like when, is there going to be a day where you can sell out or you can just do your comedy? Like these guys who just. For people a, that like you, but would you like that? You well, want the whole room to, to know I, you and like you? I would, dude, I don't know if there, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's any better feeling than performing in front of your fans. Yeah. No, I mean, there isn't. You have to know that. Oh, I mean, yeah. when they show up to see you, yeah, they fucking love you. It's great. 
when you show up at a club and there's 30 people that are there for you yeah. and the rest the 120 they got free tickets got free tickets <laughs> and a, and some type of uh fucking coconut shrimp coupon i tell you i'd rather just the 30 people and then 10 people that pay like i hate free tickets yeah, but I I can't I have a fucking kid. No, I know I know. I got a you know, know it's like it's like na- like that was fucking great when I was living I was just a single guy, but now it's like I have a fucking kid that I have to like that whole other fucking aspect of it now. It's like I don't know, dude. Everybody I hate that, dude. I hate the fucking why don't you have that? Dude, I'm still very specifically famous. Like, you know, like you, at some point, you know, you, you, you you've got to like sort of like contextualize you know your success you know like does that make sense maybe not let me try to put it a different way is that like there's a lot of people don't know who the fuck i am you know my show's on ifc my podcast is a podcast yeah that fucking president obama came on yeah i know i know but 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 that that doesn't mean but you found it dude you found your thing right you got it i know that was that was uh, lucky cosmic timing but i earned it but but you earned it and you found it and you you did the work for it and you went through it and it's like Am I not doing? Am I just? You know what I mean, dude. Doing like, fine. Did you get your health insurance from doing the show? Yeah. Okay. Shut the fuck up. It still doesn't. It does, <laughs> it does nothing. It does not. Yeah, that didn't work. That did not work. <laughs> Sorry. No, it almost worked. I for a fucking second, I was like, it was almost like wow. Yeah. But no, it didn't. I'm still where I was before you said that. I'm still petrified. I'm still petrified. I know. I'm petrified of being I know, 55. I know. I know. Having to work, uh, work in some, ah, uh, some fucking one nighter in Poughkeepsie. I, that was that I'm, was the, my biggest fear when I when I was when I was in the garage, not knowing what the fuck to do with my life after Mishnah left me. Yeah, that was my biggest fear. And like, I'm so grateful that things worked out. But that was that was the the biggest fear. Yeah. But the, here's what I'm telling you. You did. You you're you're working. <laughs> Yes, you you and people know you. Yes, and you on a you're on a fucking big network show. Yes, you have you have great friends. You have yes. creative friends. Yes. You you're thought of as an actor. You do a great job as an actor. You do a great job as a comic. You know, just fucking at least you know know that. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's it. Maybe I, I maybe the key to it is is enjoying that and not worrying about. It's hard though. Worrying about where you're going. Yeah. And just, I mean, like the program, one day at a time. Maybe it's just that, but it's, I, I, it's hard to. How do is that. your program? It's not that. It's good, you know, but it's not as good as it could be. You so, know. Let's go back though. So you got sober at fifteen? Did you? Why? Because you went to jail. What the hell happened? Yeah, I went to jail. Oh, you did. I went to jail at thirteen, for unarmed robbery and assault and battery. Did you do it? Yeah. What'd yeah. you do? I ripped off a mafia-owned pizza store. <laughs> what? You... Yeah, I was drunk. I was fucking shit-faced. Me and Frankie went in. And uh, he went in, and I was trying to pick up the chick. This chick who worked there was in my geography yeah. class. Big-nosed Italian girl. I was in love with her. And uh, we just took the money out of the register and l- ran out. You had a gun, though? No, we just fucking threatened them. Uh, uh, what's his name? Frankie threatened the cook. Mm-hmm. That he was going to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. I guess he beat him up a week before and went back in and threatened him again. Oh. And... Uh, we we took the money. We just took it and ran. Yeah. And then I had the mob after me, and the uh, I got arrested. Went to uh, juvenile jail for a while, like six months, at thirteen. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. That was that was fucking shocking. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty fucked up. But just because uh, I remember when I my bail was ten bucks and my mother wouldn't pay it. 
<laughs> to learn a lesson. Yeah, well, the the she she was told not to pay it. By so, who? By the judge. Oh, because he wanted to like. He said, "Let him." He said, "Let him go through the system." Yeah, because he's never going to change. Really? So she she believed did. Him. Just she believes believes, believes yeah. any shitty guy that tells her something. Well, it actually worked. I was the only one out of all my friends who kind of got sober in his life together. Oh yeah, all those guys. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, because I went. Into, I I remember they took me away, and I remember uh, this is weird. I, I still sucked my fingers. Yeah. I I, I still in juvie. Yeah. Well, the the last time I I would suck my fingers and pick my nose. Yeah. With my pinky finger. Yeah. It was just my, instead of sucking my thumb, yeah. I would suck my fingers, my, yeah. my two fingers. Yeah. And uh, I remember that was the last, that night in juvie jail was the last time I ever did it. I was so afraid of falling asleep, yeah, with sucking fingers my fingers. <laughs> I was 13. And I just, I remember I was like, I can't do it. And I stayed up. I kept waking myself up. because I, sure. yeah, I just want to wake up and just catch a beating because I was sitting there sucking my fingers and picking my nose. <laughs> So I was fucking paranoid. So yeah. I remember that was the last time I, I ever did that. And then they took me into this place. I remember I went into this room, and it was the first time I was around Puerto Ricans and black dudes. Yeah, like you know, rough. It was yeah. just I was the only white kid in there, and uh, they we sitting in this room watching cartoons on this big fucking TV up at Danvers State Hospital. Yeah, remember the mental institution? Kinda. Up, uh, they had this mental institution, but they had this little side building that they gave to the state for juvies. Yeah, and you'd go there yeah. after court. Yeah, and you'd sit there wait to see where you're going. Yeah, and uh, I remember they brought in subs, all these subs, and uh, they they there was an Italian sub, and they had these wet onions on top. And yeah, all the kids took the onions and threw them on the ceiling, and I looked up on the ceiling. It was like years of onions. <laughs> that was what people did. <laughs> That's just what they did. Yeah. Just years of onions just yeah. dried on this fucking ceiling. Yeah. It was the fucking grossest shit. So I just took my engine, threw them up on the fucking yeah. thing. And, yeah. And then I was in the system. I remember going to jail and, 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 and being in this fucking crazy shit and, and then going into a foster home for the next three Did years. Did you fight in jail? I didn't fight. Um, I was funny. That's where I learned to be funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I actually learned to be funny. I, I remember one night they were coming in. They were beating up. There was three white kids. Yeah. And they beat up one kid they, uh, at the playing basketball. They just threw basketballs at his face. And then they came in to get the other kid. They gave they uh, beat him up in the shower. And then I was sitting in my room, and they all came in, all these black dudes. Little tiny dude. Yeah. They called him the godfather. Yeah. Little squeaky voice. Yeah. And they came in, and they sat all around me on my bed and ignored me. Like yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah. And they were like, these motherfucking white boys, blah, blah, blah. They're talking shit about yeah. white, white dudes. Yeah. They were like, yo, you, what's up, man? You a homeboy or you a white boy? Yeah. And I was just like, I'm a homeboy, motherfucker. And they were like, oh, this fucking kid's crazy. And yeah, they just started yeah. laughing. They were like, yeah. you all right, motherfucker. I'm yeah. like, you all right too, motherfucker. Yeah. And they were like, all right, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. Yeah, I learned, I, that's where I learned to be funny. Yeah. Is in jail. Your life depended on it. Yeah, well, yeah, it was either that or fight. I yeah. mean, I learned how to fight too. I'm just, I was the same way. You know, for being as big of a, a, a dick as I was, it's, it's amazing I haven't got my ass kicked, but I never did. Ever? Nope. Are you going to do it? No. Okay. I would never do that. Right. I love you. <laughs> I never do it. That's the one thing about you. I remember when you would come to the cellar, you would sit in the bottom and just, yeah, like me and Godfrey were so loud. Yeah, yeah. I remember because we were, yeah, just, I remember I used to sweat. Yeah, yeah. Godfrey yeah. was on stage or I'd be on stage and yeah. you'd be there. Why? Why do you, oh, why do you got to fucking yell? <laughs> 
Why do you guys get a scream? Yeah. Why, I mean, can't you just... Because you had to go up after. I know, yeah. And, and yeah. I would be like, Mark, it's okay. Yeah. I go, Mark, you're fucking hilarious. You're going to just do just fine. It's, yeah. It has nothing... And yeah. you were like, really? Yeah. Is it good? Are you sure? Yeah. I'm like, Mark, you, you're <laughs> fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you'd come off, you'd be like, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. good. <laughs> it was good. It was fucking- I just thought like, you know, yeah, you're just ruining everything. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, Juvie was fucking crazy. Foster homes were worse than Juvie, though. Yeah, but now you're like 14, 15? Yeah, I was... Uh, and you can't go back to your mom's place? No. You, you, would, you, would go, you would go to jail for a few months, and then you would go to a foster home yeah. for a few months. And then you'd work your way back to... And I went back eventually to my mom's, and then you'd get arrested. Yeah. When you're, you're a ward of the state. So when you're a ward of the state, they own you. Yeah. So there's no more court. Yeah. So you just do you get a, you do something bad you go right to juvie jail. Yeah. There's no more of that shit. Right. It just saves money and time. Right. So that's what kept happening. I yeah. Just, anytime I did something, I would just go directly to jail. Yeah. And that's what happened over the next three years. I just kept going to jail, and the last time I uh, went to jail was I was living in New York, upstate New York, near Rochester. I was working on a farm. Um. I just court ordered. Yeah, court ordered on a farm five days a week. Yeah. I was a farmhand. Yeah. And I fucking fell in love with it. Yeah, I worked with animals and fucking all this crazy shit, and kind of got my shit together a little bit. But I was still hanging out with the fucking. That was my mo. Anytime I went to, I went to seven different high schools, you six find different the fucking ju- bad kids. I would, I would always. Anytime we moved, I would have a thing of weed, and I'd find the fuck. I'd get, I would f- do something fucked up to go to detention first day, second yeah. day. You know, tell so them. everyone knew you. So then I would be in detention, and whoever was in detention with me, those are my new friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be like, "Dude, you want to smoke some weed? Yeah." And we'd go smoke weed after detention, and that would be my group. Yeah. And I would just hang out with those fucking guys, yeah. and that's what I did up there. Same shit. But also work with animals. I but I started working on the farm, and so the responsibility of that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, coming home and being so exhausted and fucking just smelling like fucking shit. Yeah. Animal shit. Yeah. I would just I had this responsibility for the first time in my life. And I actually started getting self esteem. Yeah. And my mom and stepdad, Larry, were actually we were connecting on some level because now I Before they couldn't really have you around. Because I was just a fucking punk. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, but I was still, you know, drinking on the side yeah. and partying on weekends and yeah. stuff and I got arrested again and that was it. And then I just fucking, I went, they flew me back to Boston on a plane. I mean, that's when you could smoke on planes too. Right. I remember being 15, smoking on a plane. Yeah, me too. That was the greatest shit ever. And those back four rows. How the fuck was that even possible? How did the whole plane not smell like fucking cigarettes? It did, but how do you fucking, imagine looking at a 15-year-old lighting yeah. up a Marlboro on a plane. I know, I smoked at that age too and no one fucking did shit. Nothing. Did, they used to, they would have smoked in our high school. They couldn't stop it. There's 3,000 kids there. I remember flying back, I asked the flight attendant for a light. Yeah. 15-year-old. Yeah. On the plane. Yeah. And then she loved me. They were great to me the whole flight. When we got to Boston, there was two state troopers waiting for me at the thing, and I just turned around and they handcuffed me. I was like, bye, ladies. They were like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? And then I went right, right to fucking jail, yeah. and then I went to rehab for a year. Holy shit. A whole year I didn't see anybody. All male rehab. That was That's changed my life. The guy, Tom Tompkins- who ran this fucking thing was the greatest, one of the greatest men I've ever met in my life. Is he alive still? He he died while I was in there, which oh. which fucking killed me. That's another thing with right. these fucking. Men. Here it is. I met this. I met the guy. This guy was in show business in a weird way, yeah. like old show business. Yeah. 
his wife was a famous opera singer or some shit and his world fell apart through booze and he opened this thing up to get kids to save kids oh it was his place it was his place wow and i remember he how'd he die fucking heart attack oh man. god i'm so scared of that he was like 70 or something and he used to smoke those uh, misty cigarettes yeah like nine packs a day the thin ones the thin ones yeah and he would just smoke all day he the first time i met him i was uh, i was on the uh, uh first day there and this kid was like i want the fuck up fuck this place and all the staff were there and he comes down the stairs this old guy with a fucking weird beard and he had psoriasis and just looked like shit yeah looks like he just got off an island yeah you know what i mean yeah and he came down and he goes, what fuckhead wants to leave? Yeah. <laughs> and I, everybody was like, what? I was like, what the f-? He got And he started yelling at this kid, you fucking dumb cunt. You want to fucking leave, you stupid cunt? Then get the fuck out of here. Fuck you, you fucking pussy. I go, we're trying to save your life. We're trying to fucking save your fucking life. And you want to be a fucking pussy, you dumb cunt? And I remember this new employee <laughs> was like, Excuse me, but I don't think he goes, fuck you, you're fired. Get the fuck out. <laughs> fired the guy. And then the kid starts crying. He goes, yeah, you're fucking sad, aren't you? It's scary, isn't it? Yeah. It, this is life or death, you fucking asshole. We, we're trying to save you. Do you want to be saved? And he was like, yeah. He was like, all right, then shut the fuck up. And he walked over and he goes, look at me. And he gave the kid a hug. Yeah. And the kid just lost it. <laughs> lost it. And I remember I was, I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" And he goes, "Where's Kelly?" And I raised my hand. He goes, "Upstairs." And I was so scared. And I went to his office, and he was like, "He goes, uh, he was the sweetest guy. He's like switched. He was like, all right. So how you, how, you know, how you liking it the first day?" I was like, "I don't, I don't know." <laughs> and then he goes, "I want you to tell me, tell me, what's what, what's your baggage?" I go, oh, I had a father. But he goes, no, no, no. He goes, what's the thing you've never fucking told anybody? Yeah. What is it? What's the thing you've never told? What's What do you fucking walk around with? Yeah. And I go, I, he goes, You're, what, what, I want to know the thing you never fucking told a soul that haunts you, that you feel shitty about. And I was like, well, one time I jerked off my friend. And I, I you know, I feel really fucked up about that because I'm like... I don't th- I'm not gay, but I feel like I'm, you know, I, I didn't, he goes, what? I go, I, you know, like I, 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 and he goes, he goes, he goes, this kid, he goes, whatever his name was, Glenn, go get fucking Michael, Sean, and, and, and get uh, Miguel up here right now. And he brings these three, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Brings these three, brings these three kids up. Now there's these three kids, he goes, hey, you, you, and you, you ever jerk off one of your friends? Yeah, apps, yeah. You have a jerk? Yeah. You have a jerk? Yeah. He goes, everybody does that, you fucking dummy. Part of sexuality. It's You're not gay. You're just a little kid that was exploring sex. And I was like, I'm not? He goes, no, everybody. I was like, really? They were like, yeah, I fucking jerked my friend off. I was like, get the fuck out. I, I was like, oh my God. Like, it was gone. It was fucking gone forever. The, the thing that I walked around with yeah. for all these years where I'm like, um, that this dark secret, and it was like gone in two seconds because these other three kids. Yeah, and he was telling me, "Yeah, dude, you know, you're just exploring. You don't know yeah. what's sad. Nobody taught you. Nobody fucking sat you down and told you what your penis did and how what a mo. And all of a sudden, you go through puberty and blah blah blah. And and then he just from there, 
the sweetest guy ever, 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 ever in my life. Did this guy, he used to bring me and a couple of the kids over his house. I always thought he was going to try to fuck me, yeah. to be honest with you. I yeah. always thought there was going to be that moment where he's going to go, right, uh, no, let me yeah. see your car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show you how to jerk a guy off. <laughs> I always thought there was going to be that moment. Yeah. Because he would bring us over his house yeah. and we'd put furniture together. Yeah. Like I- Ikea shit. Yeah. He had like, a st- he loved records and stereos. Yeah. Right? And we would put the stuff together and he'd make us those uh, pizzas. Yeah. Those French bread pizzas. Yeah. And little French cakes. He'd have these little cakes and he'd feed us. He was like a grandmother. Yeah. And he was a, he was like the greatest guy I've ever met and he changed my life and I I wanted to be a better person and then he fucking died. Just one day they came in and they said Tom's passed and he was never in my life again. And then the guy that took over was just a fucking dildo. Yeah. And then I left a couple months later and you know. Well you course. got enough of that guy. I got I got yeah, I got around he planted it. I got around nine months of yeah, yeah. of this amazing fucking human being. Yeah. That actually gave me these these moments of hope and these these uh and he took away a lot of my uh fucked up shit. This he took away a lot of my baggage. Mm-hmm. At that but he also, you know, he was that guy that I was that man that I was looking for. I just wish, I wish, you know, like I said before, it's like I've had these amazing men in my life. I've had a, probably around 12 fathers. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Probably around 10 dads. Right. These amazing, you know. Yeah, a, yeah, I, I, I did the same thing because my dad was like sort of abusive and, and fucked up and absent. That Like there's a lot of guys in my life, some of them better than others. Yeah. Some of them that were frankly dangerous, that did me no good, but... I, I do, n- knowing that's why I, I gravitated towards them, I, I'm able to find something good about all of them, really. Yeah. So you get out of this place, and, and you, you're, you're going to meetings, and, and, and you're doing the thing. Well, I went to, you know, you get out of that place, and it's almost you're institutionalized. Yeah. And I was like, I, I thought I was going to die. I swear to God, I was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. And, uh, and I went, I just went to a meeting. Yeah. I went to a fucking meeting. And I remember I asked a guy, the guy told me when I left rehab, go to a meeting that's far away from your house so you can't get a ride home. You can't, I mean, you can't walk. Right. You have to ask somebody for a right. ride or you're going to be fucked. Right. So I found this meeting way the fuck out and I got dropped off. I remember Larry dropped me off. Yeah. And he goes, you sure you don't need a ride? I go, nope. And he left. And you're like, what, 16? It was 16. Yeah. And I went to the meeting and I sat by the door panicking. Yeah. And I saw a guy that I I met at a meeting while I was in rehab and I go, hey, can you give me a ride home? And he went, no. <laughs> I still hate that fuck. <laughs> I still, I was so like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then I panicked. I'm like, I, and then all of a sudden this guy comes in long hair, fucking rocker. Yeah. And I go, hey, can you give me a ride home? And he looked at me, he goes, fuck Yeah. <laughs> And he goes over to the piano, and there was a piano in this fucking room, and he starts playing, and all these chicks, these you know rehab chicks, come over, and yeah, and then we hung out until two in the morning at a Bickford's, yeah, talking sobriety and program. It's and, the best part about fucking early sobrieties, just like fucking smoking, talking, drinking coffee with whoever, and you know the language, and they're fucking, you know, there's a there's a context to the conversation. It's not weird. No, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's the best part, and you're constantly being grateful mm-hmm. you're constantly you know i just remember just talking about every fucking day and there's this, no shortage of fucked up grown-ups 
to fucking talk to you all night. I remember first time I ever saw stand up comedy. Yeah. Bob Keen. And I remember I was little so Bob Keen. Little Bob Keen. Yeah. I remember I was so excited uh-huh. to fucking go to this. First row, I yeah. fucking got and I remember the, the the guy, not Bob, the other guy, whoever he was. Yeah. He fucking I was laughing and then he I looked at him and I reached up and he touched my hand. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he touched me. Yeah. And I remember I was so that's that comedy that night. It, that was like, it. It took me out of that, dude. I was gonna kill myself. I mean, I just remember loving it, loving stand up comedy. That was my first time. And then I would go sneak in and see Sweeney at Nick's. At, at, I remember I saw I saw Gavin on stage hosting at Nick's. At Nick's, the original Nick's, the original yeah. Nick's upstairs yeah, sold yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, that's great. Gavin's yeah. on stage hosting. Gavin, talking fast. He brings up Steve Sweeney together. Yeah, the two of them are up. The there? The two of them are up there. And I've never seen anything that funny in my life. And then I think DJ, DJ Hazard went up after them. Yeah. And I've, I was just like, it was, I've never been in a room where it was just like fucking, it was the, it was just fucking not. It well, was that's like, like, it's almost like the Rat Pack of Boston. You know, like they, you know, everybody, you felt the community of it. It was like being at a sporting event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? That's yeah. how funny it was. It was like, that's the energy in the room, like being at the garden. Yeah. And it was fucking crazy. I remember seeing that happening. And then, you know, and then somehow I got into this did fucking you, thing. Did, but did you finish high school and shit? I went to college. I went, I, I went. I wasn't being presumptuous. Right? <laughs> I went, I was in the rubber rooms. No, I went to two classes a day in ninth grade. Yeah. Uh, and then I, um, I worked my way out of that. Tenth grade, I was in regular classes. Yeah. And I was in art and I excelled in art. And then the art teachers loved me. 11th grade uh, was great. Te- 12th grade, unbelievable. Uh, I got a scholarship to Bunker Hill Community College for art. Um, I was going to go be an art teacher. And I remember never got in trouble. A we- I think it was a week before we were graduating high school. I, f- I got kicked out of high school again. The guy behind me, the guy behind me. I mean, nothing, no problems f- for years just excelling and doing great and yeah. got a scholarship. Yeah. I remember the kid behind me was fucking with me and he's going, hey, Bobby, you're a faggot. And I was like, yeah, 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 faggot. I was like, all right, this is funny, dude, stop. He's like, you're a faggot. I'm like, dude, enough, enough. <laughs> faggot. <laughs> and I go, I'm not fucking around, dude. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Fag. <laughs> I snapped. It's it's. I picked my desk up. I threw my desk at the kid's head. One of those desk seats that are together. Yeah. I picked my de- threw. You fucking cocksucker! I'll murder you. And the teacher went, Robert Kelly. I go, fuck you too, fucking asshole. It's a whole lifetime of rage comes out. All came out. A yeah. week left. Yeah. <laughs> a week left. <laughs> And I, I remember walking, I just walked down the hallway right to the principal's office and every kid in the school heard it. And they were all leaning out of the fucking doorways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I went and Mr. D was like, hey, Bobby, what's up, buddy? How are you doing? I go, you're going to want to talk to me. Mrs. <laughs> Black comes in. He just fired. And he was like, what? And they, they let me graduate, yeah. but they suspended me for the last week. So I didn't go to school for the last week. But you know what that was? That's like one of those things, right? So there you were at the precipice of everything turning around and you know that fucking idea of who you were because of your fucking life yeah. took over. Yeah. I'm a bad kid. Yeah. All that 
fucking thing that you know i'm gay yeah. <laughs> tom tompkins because i jerked a kid off when yeah, i was fucking right, 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 six right. or whatever was it i guess they didn't get rid of it <laughs> yeah it really fucking annoyed me that <laughs> cocksucker he really bugged me but yeah yeah but then i went to bunker hill man and and you were yeah. gonna be art teacher what kind of art were you doing dude i was gonna be i was gonna work at a fucking wire you know yeah, macaroni yeah. i i could do art i could paint yeah i could draw but not not a, you know so when do you start doing the comedy after Bunker Hill? No, in, in Bunker Hill. Me and, um, there was a talent show, and we took an improv class and, yeah. as in a, whatever, an elective. So we decided to do improv, and that's where I met Dane Cook. Uh, I met this kid, Al, was in my class, and these two other kids, and Al and Dane were best friends. Yeah. So we wrote sketches. Yeah. Uh, and I remember we... Uh, Got, we went and saw an improv group at Tufts University called Cheap Socks. Yeah. And we just stole everything they did, like their improv games. Yeah, which and, were probably just improv games. Yeah, that yeah. was it. We just took their improv, we took two improv games and we wrote a sketch. Yeah. And uh, we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. And then we did this talent show at Bunker Hill and won. And that was it. And I, from that, I told- Dane was at Bunker Hill or he was- No, there? he was just, he was- uh. He a was comic? just yeah. He was just hanging out. Yeah. He was a. He wasn't. We were on comics. Yeah. We did improv first. Yeah. We did this group. Yeah. Where we would. Uh, so just, he wasn't doing comedy yet. No, he was. We were doing stand. Our fir- all of our first things was at Catch a Rising Star. We all signed up on that stupid list. Yeah. And of course, Dane went up and killed. Yeah. You know, he had some fucking bit about speak a speaking spell. He had speaking spell, yeah. and then uh, I think it was the snowman bit. He had some. It was like crazy and. Uh, yeah, then we did that for a couple. We won the BCN Comedy Riot. We were the first group, comedy group, to win what that. What year was that? I forget. Remember the Rock of Boston show? Yeah. Yeah, we did that. 14,000 people. And we got booed off stage. <laughs> 14,000. They put us on after the Spin Doctors and yeah. before Fish. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah to yeah. do improv. Yeah, no good. With no, with no microphone. We all had handheld mics, Ugh. but we all went out and bought different colored shirts. Yeah. We all, we all we all had like I had purple, Dane had blue, yeah, and we all went out with the same kind of outfit on, like a little uniform. And I remember we turned around and we started doing this sketch, and they, all of a sudden you just heard people. It was dead quiet. They thought we were a band, yeah. and then we started talking. And I remember it just got really bad, really fast. Yeah, and then just shit started getting thrown at us. And it was like the craziest shit ever. I, I've never been that hated by that many people. Yeah. In that fast a time. Yeah. And uh, I remember we did the first sketch, and they were like, uh, "Get the fuck off!" But there was still like a few people in the front going, "Keep going, we yeah. like it." It was enough. It was enough to yeah. keep going. Yeah. And uh, I remember I fucking took my shirt off, and I went, "People." 14,000 people. I go, people, we know you didn't come here to see comedy. You came here to see spin doctors. Fish. But before we leave, give us four things that piss you off. (laughs) And jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking shoe. Lighter. (laughs) Fucking just started throwing more shit. And we all just ran off stage. It was uh, it was bad. That's pretty funny. Though. Yeah, it was terrible. And I remember they fucking left me. Yeah. 
I, they were supposed to pick me up out front. They yeah. left me. I'm outside in front of the old Boston Garden on a payphone as the place is letting out. And everybody walking by is going, there he is, just pointing at me. Yeah. Oh, that was the fucking worst. <laughs> and then a life of comedy starts. Yeah, the, 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 I guess my main addiction. Yeah. But what if I become a good person? Whatever. If, what, if, what if you become- You already a, are a good person. But what if I become really healthy? You won't. Then I'm not going to be as funny. You're not going to become What really, am I going to do on stage? You're not going to become really People healthy. are nice. You ever notice? No, I know. I feel, I'm fighting with the same thing. But but you know that is such a fucking hypothetical, and there's no reason to think that that will ever happen. What you could get is a little fucking peace of mind, yeah. a little self acceptance. Yeah. I mean, let's not go crazy. You're not gonna. What do you think is gonna happen? You know, what you're just gonna lobotomize yourself? No, it's just like basic management of of like you know the bullshit that makes us crazy, which is like fuck that guy. How come I don't have that? When is mine gonna happen? Some of that could be turned down, and you'll still be the same asshole you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, you even spend a couple minutes just trying to be grateful. Yeah, and make it, a gratitude it, list. It, I it, do that. Yeah, it goes away. A lot of the shit goes away gratitude list is like one of the best ones because when you're sitting there like feeling sorry for yourself being a resentful cunt you're just sort of like oh, make a gratitude list wow yeah, yeah i like my furniture i like your furniture no, like, i you, love your furniture no i'm talking about it's doing you, you oh know? i love my furniture yeah, too. Right. Yeah. i got I this do. nice house i got a kid that likes me i love my grass my wife is okay with me my wife is fucking i i mean my wife is the best motherfucker in my life yeah i i luck the fuck out with this girl she yeah. is the best thing that's ever happened to me yeah if i was to if i was to go back and she's the best thing that ever happened to me well good so now you you know then you go take care of yourself a little bit and she'll be happy you'd be, you'd be nicer and probably maybe, maybe have sex Less draining yeah maybe a little sex yeah you wouldn't exhaust her every day yeah well, well having sex with her no just by being you i really do man <laughs> i'm not even kidding dude i know I, how could you she not? is so not fucked up mm. she, i mean she's fucked up but right but I really do exhaust this fucking poor woman. Yeah. You got, that's like, that's that. got to get that in check, dude. Yeah. 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 We good? You want to get something to eat? I'm hungry. Yeah, let's go eat. That's another addiction I have to fight. What are we eating? Something healthy? Know. We can. No. All right. Can I have one thing? Yeah. What do you want, Mexican? I love Mexican. All right, let's do it. All right. Thanks. Love that guy. Love Robert Kelly. Uh, and I'm glad we had that conversation. And I, you know, and I've been in touch with him a bit since then. And right now, premiering the Get It Right band, who I hope I'm right, from uh, Asheville, North Carolina, I think, doing a, a song I kind of co-wrote. They used words of mine taken from different uh, monologues and whatnot and uh, put it to music. The song is called However Broken It Is. You can hear more of this stuff. SoundCloud.com slash the dash get dash right dash band. But here is uh, However Broken It Is, co written by me, Mark Marin. Frustrations of being alive 
frustrations of being alive Just trying to be Compassionate Pretty cool, right? Good song. Boomer lives!